Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life's Obstacles. You're listening to Jerry McGee, live from Lindale, Texas. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 1141, Lindale, Texas, 75771. Uh, We meet each uh, first and third Tuesdays of the month from 6 to 8 p.m. I don't know why I get that wrong each time, but anyway... Glad to have you back. I appreciate you listening in. Tonight we're going to be talking about prenatal wounds. And then at the end, when I get through teaching, if anybody needs prayer, you can call in. I'll be happy to pray for you. So let's pray. Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. And we present our bodies to you, Lord, as a living sacrifice. We offer up to you our members as instruments of righteousness. We give you our will, Lord, that your will might prevail. Father, I ask you to cover us and every person that's listening in, Dorothy and her family, me and my family, with the blood of Jesus, every family of every person who's listening in. Father, hold the shield of faith up over us in Jesus' name. I block every attack of the enemy. I bind you, Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. I bind you in the heavenly places and on this earth, forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against us. I bind and break every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment, satanic ritual spoken over us, boomerang back on the enemy, every curse and assignment that's sent against us, not to kill them, hurt them, harm them, but so they'll fear God and turn away from evil. Lord, I thank you that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Lord, you have been with us from the moment where you were conceived. Um, Lord, I just thank you and praise you that uh, our life is hidden with you. Uh, Lord, I just ask you to um, just touch all those areas of our life where there's been negative events uh, and things that have happened to us, Lord, that have been planted in our spiritual gardens and our hearts through generational iniquities of the forefathers, through the sins we've committed, the sins that have been committed against us, and, Lord, everything that uh, happened to us when we were in the womb. We bring all those negative events to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, and I ask your Holy Spirit to fall upon each person who's listening in. Move powerfully, Lord. Reveal the truth uh, to each person that, that sets us free. In Jesus' name. You know, God's Word tells us that we're to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And one way we do that is to not only deal with the generational iniquities of the forefathers, but we deal with what we've done in our lifetime where we violated the Word of God. We take accountability for those things, things that have happened to us where we've been hurt and we uh, refuse to forgive or fail to forgive. And, Lord, um, it also means to take accountability for whatever we know that has happened to us in the womb. Now, many of you have heard stories of things that have happened to you or things your mother and father did when you were in the womb. Uh, Many of you don't know, have any idea what happened, but things that happened to us in the womb have affected our whole life. And so sometimes uh, as deliverance ministers, I know that I've been guilty of this, of dealing with what happens to a person from the time they're born till, um, you know, up until present without dealing with what's happened uh, in, in the womb. That's really where doorways were open to, to fear, to trouble, to depression, to addictions, 
happen in the womb. <clears throat> and so the more um, the more the Lord shows me about prenatal wounds, the more I see how important um, it is to deal with prenatal wounds um, in people's lives when we're ministering deliverance. A baby in the womb, through his personal experience, personal uh, spirit, understands far more, far more than you would ever thought that he could understand. The baby in the womb through his personal spirit, and, you know, I say sometimes when I'm praying and breaking soul ties, I, um, his human spirit, his human spirit and his personal spirit is the same. It was given to, the, given to us the minute we were conceived, we became a living being, and God gave us a personal spirit. And so a baby in the womb, through his spirit, he experiences what happens in the home. He knows what's going on. He knows what his parents think. And he also hears what is going on around him. Through his spirit, he can be wounded, but he can also react sinfully against his environment uh, before he was even born. And to sin means to miss the mark. Scripture indicates that we do sin in our personal spirits, which was given to us at our conception. Our spirits can be uh, deceptive. Psalms 32 two says, How blessed is those whose transgression is forgiven, whose spirit is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Our, our personal spirits can waver. From the truth Psalms 51 says Create in me a clean heart O God And renew in me a right spirit So we wouldn't need a right spirit Our spirit renewed If there wasn't something wrong with it They can also be corrupted And God promises To give us a new spirit Ezekiel 36 says I will give you a new spirit And put a new I will give you a new heart And put a new spirit within you And I will remove from you Your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you. Our personal spirits can be treacherous or unfaithful. <clears throat> In Malachi, the last uh, um, part of verse 16 in Malachi 2 says, So take heed to your spirit that you do not deal treacherously or unfaithfully. Your personal spirit can be uh, defiled along with the flesh. Second Corinthians 7, 1 says, I'm sorry, 711 says, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. And we do this through the blood of Jesus. Our personal spirits can be lustful and envious. James 4 in the King James Version says, the spirit that dwells in us lusteth to do envy. They can be unfaithful. Psalm 78.8 says um, that they would not be like their forefathers. As a stubborn and, and rebellious generation In whose heart Were not loyal to God And whose spirits were not faithful to him Our personal spirits can waver Psalms 51.10 Creating me a clean heart And reviewing, renewing me a steadfast spirit Our spirits can sin even from the womb And I, I just um, You know that may be hard for us to understand But you know the Bible says that We were born sinners because of Adam Psalms 58.3 says, even from birth, the wicked go astray from the womb. They are wayward and speak lies. <clears throat> New American Standard says, 
those who speak lies go astray from birth. Isaiah 48.8 is perhaps the most telling of all scriptures which it, where it says, How treacherous are you, you who are called a rebel from birth. Psalms 51.5-6 says, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from my time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the innermost part, where the innermost part. You teach me wisdom in the innermost place. Job 22, verse 4 says, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of Almighty gives me life. James 2, 26 says, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. So basically what that scripture is saying is that when our our physical body, our carton, the house we live in, dies to God who gave it. Uh, Job 32 verse 8 says but it is the spirit of man and the breath of the almighty that gives me understanding and we have understanding even in the womb um, a good example would be John the Baptist in Luke 1 41 through 44 says when Elizabeth heard Mary's greetings the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and she said as soon as the sound of your greetings reached my ears. The baby in my womb leapt for joy. Now, why would John the Baptist leap for joy unless he understood who the Lord is, unless he understood the Lord's um, voice? Luke one twenty four says, And after these days, Elizabeth, his wife, became, after these days, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant, and she kept herself in seclusion for five months saying back in Bible days when a woman was pregnant she would go into seclusion she would meditate on the word of God she would um, pray she would focus in on God focus in on her baby um, sing songs sing uh, pray songs because she knew that in the first three to five months a baby's in the womb their character is formed Luke 156 says and so uh, when a woman was pregnant she would either go stay with a relative or a relative would come stay with her for three to five months and do all of her chores for her where she could just focus in on the baby and on the Lord. But in Luke one fifty six it says, And Mary stayed with her about three months and then returned home returned to her home. So look what we do to babies nowadays. I mean, um women don't go into seclusion. They don't uh focus in on the baby, which we should do, and it's no fault of theirs because uh, a lot of times mothers have to go work and look what babies are subjected to. And really, is it any wonder why they're colicky or why they're irritable or why they cry a lot or why they can't settle down in peace? It's because of the things that babies go through when they're in the womb. So it's really, uh, it's really little wonder why a baby would be uh, restless, uh, lacking peace, um, can't sleep, fussy, irritable, colicky, having breathing problems and fear. A baby absorbs his mother's emotions. You know, when my uh, granddaughter, who's almost, she'll be a year old next week, when she was, uh, her mother was seven months pregnant with her, uh, her daddy was killed. He, uh, in a tragic uh, plane wreck when his 
um, fighter jet went down south of Japan. And, uh, you know, I just I just recently found out that those planes that he flew, they, they will go eight miles in one minute. That's fast. And so when the plane was having trouble, he ejected from it, and I'm sure he was going so fast that he was killed. But anyway, Maylee was in the womb when when uh, her mother had her heart broke, knowing that Daddy was killed. And so, you know, at first I would see um, when you would talk to her, she would kind of, you know, her little lip would quiver, kind of. But when I we started praying, and we realized that. Uh, you know, there was a lot of grief and stuff that she experienced in the womb. Uh, she doesn't do that now. She's well adjusted, but prayer changes things. But, you know, when a baby's mother has a broken heart, when they're in the womb, a baby can receive a broken heart. And I've ministered to lots of people that had a broken heart because they they found out that when when they were in the womb, mother found out that daddy was having an affair and they went through a divorce and went through a broken heart. And so it really affects people. This happens and they're in the womb. And modern research confirms that uh, unborn babies, they can hear, they can taste, they can feel, uh, they can learn when they're in the womb. And the womb experience shapes the child's attitude and expectations toward himself and toward life in general. If the womb is friendly, a baby will be predisposed to happiness and good health and a normal development. But if the womb is unfriendly, the baby may be predisposed to poor health, uh, sickness, uh, nervousness, irritability, arrested development, even birth defects. Ambivalent emotions such as maybe the mother doesn't want to be pregnant or she fears delivery can cause a baby to be opened up to fear. Worrying over money uh, when a baby's in the womb, if the mother is worried over money versus having faith that God's going to take care of them, it'll open a, a baby up to fear and feelings that he's a burden. And maybe their whole life they might feel like they're a burden. And, you know, there's people have actually had memories of birth trauma, induced labor, breech birth. Uh, all of my grandkids were... Um, had sonograms, and when they were my two granddaughters, when they were about, uh, I guess they were about four or five and three, uh, I waited. I waited till they got old enough, and then I took them through deliverance, and they both yawned at the same time. Uh, babies refusing to bond to their mother and father. Sometimes this comes in through. Uh, if a parent rejects the child or doesn't want the child, the baby will reject them. Certain sounds can unsettle the unborn, like quarreling, yelling, screaming, loud noises, evil music, uh, rock music, um, can open up uh, a person to witchcraft control, Jezebel. I know one particular person who, when she was in the womb, her mother uh, exercised to aerobic uh, exercises and listened in to witchcraft music, and that can open a person up to a controlling spirit. So when there's a, an attempted abortion, a person can have fear of being killed, and so it's not any wonder why babies are troubled and why they can't settle down and have peace and contentment. Most of our problems go back to our 
foundational years, and I know many, uh, I know I've been guilty of this, thinking that a lot of the foundational years are when a child is being trained up, in which that's true. But basically, it even starts in the womb. By the time a child is six, his character is pretty much formed, and by the time he's ten, it's set in concrete. Uh, the scripture says, a good man out of his good treasure brings forth what is good. An evil man out of his evil treasure brings forth what is bad or what is evil. And, of course, that treasure is the spiritual garden. If you listen to my teachings, you know that I talk about the heart as a spiritual garden and things that are planted in that heart will produce fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. Um, so whatever is sown in the heart will be what's produced in the heart because what's in the heart comes out the mouth and what's in the, what's in the heart comes up into the thought life. And so that's why we need to deal with things that have been planted down in our heart through the generational iniquities of the forefathers, things we've done, things that have been done to us, and things that have happened to us when we're in the womb. And so that's why when we come to Jesus, we need to have a born-again experience, not just a mere intellectual ascent, but a born-again experience to where uh, everything about me changes. The scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. And so it's, it's not just a mere intellectual ascent. You know, in John 2, Jesus said uh, many were receiving uh, him uh, because of the signs and wonders that he performed, but he wasn't giving himself to them because he knew all men's hearts. And so when we come to Jesus, we have to come being willing to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. Uh, to be born again, and it's something you can't explain. <clears throat> you, you can't explain being born again, but you know that you know that you know that you have been born again, and that's where it starts. If, man, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, a new creation. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. And so if you're listening and you've never been born again, basically you need to be born again because that's when we can begin to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. That's when we can begin to let God change us through deliverance, through healing. And so a baby within within an hour of his, of his birth can recognize the voices of those that have talked to him. I know one particular man uh, shared that uh, the doctor, when his little boy was born, the doctor said something to the baby and, and he said, and then he said something to the baby like, good job or you did good or something. And the baby turned to his face toward the, and so that's why it's so important to talk to babies when they're in the womb. And uh, I think the most important thing that you can do is not only to talk to them, but play the word of God, because the Bible says the word of God is sharper and more powerful than any two-edged sword. It rightly divides the word of truth. It pierces even to dividing asunder of joints and marrow, soul and spirit, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And so uh, play the word of God. If you're pregnant or if you um, haven't had your children, this is something to think about. Uh, I know another man who used to be a member of my church. And uh, when he was born, his mother, his birth mother, gave him to his aunt and uncle. And nobody ever told this man that he really was, that, that his aunt and uncle was not his parent. Nobody ever told him that. But he said when he was grown, Someone told him, and he said he always knew it. Uh, he knew that he didn't belong to his adoptive parents. And, and the Lord showed another man why he uh, 
fought sleep. He didn't want to go to sleep at night. And when he got married, he didn't want to go to sleep. And the Lord showed him that his mother thought she was going to die whenever he was being born. And he had a fear that if he went to sleep, he'd die. And, you know, there's another uh, mother who uh, was going to abort her baby, and her husband said, if you abort your baby, I'm gonna. If you abort the baby, I'm gonna. I'm gonna leave you. So, uh, when this baby was born, the baby refused to to nurse the mother. Uh, a nurse saw this happening, and so she thought, well, maybe the baby something's wrong with his sucking abilities. So she goes and puts him on uh, another mother. The baby just went to town, began to nurse. She put him back on his mother, and he wouldn't nurse. And it was because she had rejected him in the womb. Smoking is another damaging thing for the baby in the womb, and it causes uh, deprivation of oxygen. Uh, and what's that to say about addicted parents? You know, parents that are addicted to alcohol and drugs causes the baby to be predisposed to addiction and also poor muscle tone. Damaging thing of all is a parent, and when mothers and fathers are, are quite fighting and quarreling and uh, Daddy's throwing mother around or punching her in the stomach or beating her. You know, a baby can be opened up to pain in, in their lifetime because of what happened through that trauma when they were in the womb. Parents fighting while a child is in the womb opens the child up to fear, anxiety, stress, nervousness, anger, strife, fretting, rebellion. Babies will react to rejection. You know, the Satanists and the occultists, they program uh, babies in the womb. And one, uh, two things they do, I, I don't know everything they do, but two things they do is they program them through drugs, through drugs and through uh, rock music. Parents addicted opens the baby up to addiction. If a child's conceived out of wedlock, that child knows it opens them up to rejection. In Deuteronomy 23, it says an illegitimate child cannot enter the sanctuary of the Lord. And that's a spiritual place. It's more real than the building that you're in. It's a spiritual place. But a child conceived out of wedlock opens them up to the curse of the bastard, opens them up to shame, fear, lust, fear of rejection, fear of failure, compromise, feels like he's a mistake, always on the outside looking in feels as if he doesn't have the right to be, so he tries to perform to earn the right to be. And if he can't find acceptance in any area, he'll just say to heck with it, I'll just be a rebel. And so uh, that's why people that uh, adopt children, they need to deal with the demonic strongholds in a baby's life. A child conceived out of wedlock has many, many wounds as well as uh, lives under the shame of his mother and father, performance-oriented. I know my uh, ex-husband was, he's went, he since went to be with the Lord, I hope, but um, he was an illegitimate child, and you could never convince him that he was loved. A person that uh, conceived illegitimately, um, they have an intense craving for love and affection, um, they don't ever believe that they're loved. No matter how much you tell them, they won't believe it. A person that's illegitimately conceived could come out with a death wish. 
uh, that could manifest in different forms of sicknesses. Comes out with tremendous insecurity and insatiable wanting affection. No matter how much you give him, it's never enough. He's conceived, he, he's born with a spirit of lust because he's conceived in lust. He's born with a spirit of rebellion because he's conceived in rebellion. Born with shame because he's conceived in shame. You know, if a child is conceived at an inopportune time when maybe the parent thinks this isn't the right time or we're not ready for the baby, it could cause the baby's timing to be off. It could cause them to feel shame or feel like they're a burden or if uh, make them feel insecure. After, If a child is conceived after one or two um, miscarriages, the baby will receive the familiar spirit of the uh, the dead baby. And that it also has to, also it includes abortion. Even though a baby's aborted and it's no longer in the womb, the spirit of that dead baby is still left there. So if that's happened, you need to break soul ties with the baby that miscarried or was aborted before uh, you were born. If a parent wants a boy and the and the baby hears that, hey, I'm a girl, I must be a mistake, or if the parent wants um, a girl and it's a boy, then the baby thinks he's a mistake and they have an identity crisis, problems with identity. You know, my son Todd, who died of AIDS in 1989, he died three days past his 25th birthday. He told me a month before he died, he said, Mom, I've always felt like I was a girl. And uh, when I... I don't remember confessing this, but when he was in the womb, his daddy said, well, if he's a boy, he'll probably be a sissy. And so um, we prayed about that about a month before he died. But uh, if if the child is a boy and he hears that he should be a girl or it's a girl and and it hears that it should have been a boy, it can open a boy up to homosexuality or the girl up to lesbianism effeminate boy, uh, masculine girl. Performance orientation with a sense of failure, striving, insecurity. And every adopted child has an identity crisis. And through these negative womb experiences, a person can be opened up to many demonic strongholds, guilt, shame, loss, Loneliness, inability to feel pain, a hardened heart, a broken heart, depression, discouragement. A baby who's not breastfed has trust issues, uh, and that's one of the roots to breast cancer in men and women. You know, sometimes if a girl, for example, is not breastfed and she marries a man who's not a nurturing husband and she's bitter toward the man because he didn't nurture her, it really goes back to uh, judgments that she made on her mother of not being breastfed. Psalms 22:9 says, um, "You brought me out of, of you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust even in my mother's breast. From birth I was cast upon you. From my mother's womb you have been my God." And of course, the good news is Psalms 27, verse 10 says, "When my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will take me up." Psalm 68, verse 5 and 6 says, God is a father to the fatherless, 
a defender of the widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God gives homes to the lonely. He sets free those who are prisoners, but only the rebellious dwell in a parched land. So are you in a parched land? It could be because of rebellion. Psalms 139 says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You just know when I sit down and when I rise up. You just understand my thoughts from afar. He knows what you're thinking. Thou dost scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, thou dost know it. Thou Thou hast enclosed me from behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I take my bed to, if I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the innermost part of the sea, even there thy hand will lead me, and thy right hand will lay hold of me. What a promise. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me, and the light around me will be night. Even though, even the darkness is not dark to thee, and, in, and the night is, not, is as bright as the day, darkness and light are alike to thee. For thou didst form me in my inward parts. And so, you know, don't ever feel like you're a mistake because God formed you in your inmost parts. And if he hadn't formed you, you wouldn't be here. That it's weaved me in my mother's womb. <clears throat> I will give thanks to thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are thy works. And my soul knows it very well. You know, um, I was thinking about this the other day. How many of us criticize the way we look? We don't like the way we look. We, we're too fat. We're too this. We're too that. In my whole life, I was thinking about this the other day. In my whole life, I've complained about my size, wanting to be petite. <clears throat> and I just repented the other day, and I thought, Lord, you know, for almost 80 years, you have kept this bucket perfectly, and I'm so thankful, and I never want to ever complain about my body again. I thank God that it's worked for me so well all these years. And so we need to be grateful because we're fearfully and wonderfully made. It says, thine eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in thy book they were all written, the days that were ordained for me when as yet there was not one of them. In other words, God scheduled every day of your life before you were even born. He already had a plan. How precious are also are thy thoughts toward me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be two. They would outnumber the sand of the sea. When I wake, I am still with thee. Oh, that thou would slay the wicked. Oh, God, depart from me. Therefore, men of bloodshed. In verse 21, do not, do I not hate all those who hate thee, O Lord, and do I not loathe those who rise up against thee. I hate them with an uttermost hatred. They have become my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. 
and see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the path of everlasting way. Proverbs twenty five twenty eight says, Like a city like a city whose walls were broken down is a man who lacks self control. So we need self control. It's the fruit of the spirit and we get it through denying ourselves, choosing against ourselves, choosing to give up our life. Ecclesiastes one twelve verse seven says and the dust returns to the God who gave it, and the spirit of man returns to the God who gave it. Ephesians 2.10 says, where we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, that he's prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So uh, you're not a mistake. And I want to pray this over those of you who are listening in. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just speak. To each person in the name of Jesus By the authority that you've given me In Jesus name And I ask you Lord to give each person uh, Who's listening in A sovereign gift of your grace To let them know Lord They're not a mistake They're loved They're called That you've called them into being At the right time And the right place you prepared away for them and gave them life privilege and not a burden a joy and delight not a disappointment that they belong to the family of God and are your treasure Lord grant them the revelation that you do not want performers but you want them to to abide in you by yielding their clay onto your potter's wheel where you're the potter and, Lord, thank you that the potter fashions the clay and you fashion them to be what you created them to be. Give them the sovereign gift of your grace to abide, to have a revelation of abiding in you. Grant them the revelation that you are one. And their glory, you're the lifter of their head. Destroy whatever lies they've believed, they've received, that they've accepted, that has blocked their victory. Lord, bring to the cross every resultant destructive attitude, every expectation and personality, uh, structure and habit that would not glorify you. Let them know, Lord, that you love and accept them. Pour your love out upon each person who's listening, Lord. Give a, a fresh breath of a fresh breath of life in their personal spirit. Breathe on them, Lord. Fall upon them, Holy Spirit, by your mighty power. Move upon each person and uh, with your abundant grace so that they will be able to forgive anyone who's hurt them or wounded them. Bring them into your rest and your peace and your harmony and wholeness uh, to be all that you created them to be. I pray, Father, I declare that all of the inheritance that they have in Christ Jesus be theirs. And, Lord, that they will be fulfilling the destiny and the purpose of their creation. I stand in the authority uh, that you've given me, Lord, and bless them. I bless their lives. I bless their going in, their coming out. I bless them in the city, bless them in the country. In the name of Jesus, enlighten their eyes of, of their heart. Open the doors, open doors for them to draw them to their destiny. 
Lord, I ask you to pray for the mantle of your protection over them and for over their future lives in the name of Jesus. And, you know, I just, uh, as I've uh, spoke that over you, I, I trust that God has did a work of confirming that in your heart. And I want you just to think about what you know um, that happened to you in the womb. Or if you don't know anything, just depend on the Lord to show you. And just think of what was done to you in the womb and what you have done while uh, even to your own children while they were in the womb. And, you know, when I was preparing this message, I began to think about my own womb experience. My mother and father loved each other very much. They were married for 60 years. Um, But I know that my womb experience probably was friendly because of the love that my mother and dad had for each other. But one thing that I saw real clearly in my whole life, I felt like uh, I had a fear of not having food, uh, enough food. And, of course, I don't feel that way anymore. But I see that that came in when I was in the womb because my, I was born during the Depression. And my mother uh, would shell peas on, you know, she, to get half the peas, she would shell peas on the halves. And I remember her saying, you know, I thought we were going to starve to death during the Depression. So you see how that lie affected me, that fear oh, it opened me up to fear in the womb and thank God I've been delivered. But anyway, if you can think about uh, anything that you know, I want you just to forgive your parents, forgive your parents. If you grew up in a home that was full of strife, you can imagine what it was like when you were in the womb. If you just looked at the trauma or the dysfunction of your family, uh, that was happening to you even in the womb. And so just forgive your parents. Um, For everything that you know, forgive your grandparents. If you were an illegitimate child, forgive them for conceiving you illegitimately. Uh, If you've never been born again, uh, invite Jesus to come into your heart and to transform your life and uh, make you a new creation in Christ. In Jesus' name. And, Lord, I just ask you to move powerfully in the lives of each person. I ask you, God, to bind up every broken heart. I come against fear, anxiety, stress, power of uh, irritability. I break the power of addictions. I break the power of pain and confusion. I break the power of depression and discouragement in the name of Jesus. I break the power of unbelief and doubt in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I just come against every spirit that would keep them from overcoming, every lie that they're a mistake. Every lie, they're not loved. I come against every spirit of uh, illegitimacy. I break every curse of illegitimacy. Uh, Break the power of rejection, shame. Uh, Lord, I bring every person who's under an illegitimate curse, I bring them into the sanctuary of the Lord. I break the power of rejection, shame, rebellion, lust, insecurity, inferiority. Every lie, every spirit of performance, perfectionism, I command you to go. I come against the lie, insatiable hunger for attention, insatiable uh, hunger to be touched, uh, every lie that lust is, every lie that sex is love. I break the power of it. I break the power of any uh, satanic programming in the womb uh, with rock music and drugs and alcohol. I break the power of addictions to drugs and alcohol in the name of Jesus, rock music. I break the power of witchcraft. I break the power of Jezebel. In the name, power, blood, and authority of Jesus. In Jesus' name. 
praise you, Jesus. And just take a deep breath and blow out the word in Jesus' name. Praise you, mighty God. I bind up their broken heart. I press them out. I bandage them. I soften them with oil. I give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a mantle of praise instead of the spirit of fainting, that they may be an oak of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. I rebuild the former devastations of many generations in the name of Jesus. Uh, In Jesus' name, Lord, I ask you to cover them with the blood of Jesus. Praise you, mighty God. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. And just give Jesus a praise for all that he's done in Jesus' name. Well, I'm going to wait just a little bit, and if anybody wants prayer, um, you can call in, and um, you can call 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press 1. I'll be happy to pray for you. Abiding Life Ministries, you can go to my website, which is jerrymcgee.com, all little case, and it's G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com. It'll take you to my website. Uh, There's free CDs you can listen to. There's books. There's articles that you can print out, uh, free articles that you can print out. Um, Also, there's a a place where you can watch my son's video, which was made two weeks, 13 days before he died of AIDS. It's called Todd's Greatest Regret. That's gone all over the world. Um, There's a place to... To, to uh, donate And I, I encourage you to do that And just remember that it's your faithfulness That helps ministry uh, Our ministry to be possible Also if you um, My schedule is on the website I have a meeting in Duncanville, Texas The first Saturday of every month The next one is February the 3rd, 2018 It's at Hilton Garden Inn Located on Interstate 20 and Main Street in Duncanville, Texas. And it starts at 10 o'clock and it's over uh, about 12.30 or 1. Also, I'll be at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp, February 16 through 18. We have a ladies' retreat. And you ladies, I encourage you to go. Your life will never be the same. We have prayer teams that pray for people in the morning. And I don't know of a greater place to get deliverance than Lake Hamilton Bible Camp. You can just go uh, get information. It's LakeHamiltonBibleCamp.com, and it's in Hot Springs, Arkansas. It's very very inexpensive to go, and it starts on Friday night, the 16th, and it, it, it ends Sunday noon. Also, I'll be at the uh, International Spiritual Warfare Conference March 8 to 10, and that's in Beaumont, Texas. If you'd like a meeting scheduled in your area, if you will... Email me at Jerry McGee, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E at sbcglobal.net. I'll be happy to come. Don't forget to listen in again the first and third Tuesdays of the month from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. And um, think if there's anything else. Anyway, you can write us. Let us hear from you if you've been blessed. Uh, email me, and uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. 